Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, kiddies. Your old pal here, the Joker. Talking to you about Riley and Kimmy. When I'm not out trying to kill the Batman, I like to sit back with a nice Keontae and listen to Riley and Kimmy. I might kill them. <laughs> the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show with a special edition as we get ready for the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention, which is happening on Sunday, March 20th. And we have one of the guests who will be at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention on this show, a uh, regular who just happens to be our unofficial critic of just about everything. He's, he's good at that. It's Humphrey Ching, artist Humphrey Ching, joining us. And you've brought a special guest on this episode, right, Hump? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I brought my uh, my buddy from college, uh, one of my best friends, the guy I call my brother, um, my buddy N- Nasty Nate. All right. Welcome to the show, Nasty What's Nate. There? Thank you for having me. What's going on, world? Now, Nate, are you an artist like, uh, well, I, I hope you're not like Humphrey, but are you an artist as well? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I've done drawing from back in the day, but not not published, and I kind of stopped. And well, I, you did. You published. You, you published. Oh, yeah. That, that, in that, our book. Yeah, that, that preview thing, like three pages. Um, but pretty much that's it. I've been just working and stuff like that, so I never really got a chance to sit down with this uh, craft. Now, so, if I remember Humphrey telling me, you interned at Marvel, correct? Yeah. Now, was, oh, that, the, was that a good thing, or is it like, I mean, is it a positive experience, was it? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, I got to learn a lot about how comics were made. I mean, I'm pretty sure now, 20 years later, it's a different process, but you know, I got to see behind the scenes of how things got made. Um, I got to meet John Romita Sr., and a lot, of, a lot of professionals, and that was really great learning experience. Unfortunately, uh, two years later was when Marvel went bankrupt, so any possibility of actually, you know, trying to get an office job or something like that just to get your foot in, kind of closed. But basically, everybody I knew who could have probably got me and my buddy Lee in, they they were let go. Oh yeah, I forget to mention, we're like we're all good friends with Lee too. And Lee, Lee, we've had on the show before. Um, but I'm gonna when when you were those days you were at Marvel as the intern. Mm-hmm. Did well, first of all, when you fir- when you first walked in, was it a, a total like change what you thought of the comic book industry, or did you have a good idea maybe beforehand, or was this like you know stepping behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz? You all of a sudden saw it wasn't exactly what you thought it was. Well, it was. I had no idea. Okay. How- stuff was made i mean, just knew that a guy drew it a guy ink somebody colored it and that was pretty much it mm. um when i got there to you know i had to get interviewed and all that stuff so they could choose what students they were going to use from the high school program so when i went there like i was like a kid in the candy shop you walk in you you see the big big ass spider-man mural and you know you see all these comics on the wall and posters and all the stuff like that so it was like disneyland for me 
Now, did any of the when you mentioned uh, John Romita Sr. and I'm not focusing on him, but the artists of you know his caliber and uh, that mm-hmm. were there, um, did anybody pull you aside and said, you know, hey kid, this industry is going to be changing so much, or it's already changing so much, you might want to go look at something else? Was there any of that? No, um, it, we were interning myself and Lee. We were interning around the time when the image uh, departure and the, the big image boom happened. Okay. And uh, they started doing computer colors. Okay. And Marvel just started playing around with the computer colors. I remember there was an X-Men issue. I forgot what it was where Andy Cooper drew it. And there was, you know, they, I forgot who colored it, but they actually tried to do the computer color as well to, you know, keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Uh, as far as artists telling you, like, you know, steer clear, no, nah, it was none of that. They will all just say the same thing. Learn how to draw from life. You got to learn how to draw every little thing and make it as realistic as possible. Um, I remember one time because we used to get there early before, you know, the, the doors open, you know, so we wouldn't get late. So me and Lee, we were, you know, we were just dueling around and, you know, just looking at, you know, uh, comics lying around. Tom DeFalco uh, was editor chief at the time, saw us and was basically giving us the same thing. Like, you know, anybody could draw Cyclops, anybody could draw Wolverine, but you got to learn how to draw this, this and that. And then he actually used John B. Simmel, one of my personal influences. Uh, as an idea of a guy who knows how to draw everything, like you should study him, which I told him, I already beat you to it because I'm already learning from him, <laughs> like looking at his old Conan stuff. Whoa. Whoa. Now that's pretty cool. I mean, that that, that does sound like the kid in the candy shop thing. Yeah. I, now, mean, I, I, I was actually, I think it was heartbroken when my internship was over and I had to go back to school. <laughs> oh. Now you mentioned you're retired either pre- before we recorded or when this started, I can't remember which kind of big blur here. Um, what, what is something that happened? You know, I mean, did, you know, I, I, I don't want to bash comic books. I mean, I love them. I'm, I'm actually alive because of them. It's a story we'll share from another time for another time. But, um, did, was there something that happened that, you know, where a reality crept in that, maybe you were trying to deny or didn't see it took a long time what what happened why did you throw the word to me retired what made you retired uh well no i i had to like deal with you know which everybody does i mean i'm not saying that anybody has dealt with this because you just i had to work uh there were problems at home you know around that time my father passed away so a lot of things was kind of coming into play where i couldn't like sit down and, and and mess with this and then i went back to school that's where i met humphrey and, you know, financial aid ran out, so I had to you know, go to work. And it basically was just work and living. So I never really got a chance to nurture it the way I probably should have. And so, like, now here I am at 39, and, you know, all, all the tales I hear after I like, left uh, Marvel is, like, you know, they don't like using guys that are a little older. I mean, some guys do break in. But, like, one of my idols, uh, Mark Silvestri, there was a DVD about how to break into the industry when, when he was doing Top Cow. So they were talking to him, Mark Wake, a bunch of other guys. And Sylvester says something that kind of stuck with me, where it's like, well, we try to get people in like when they're in their early 20s, because pretty much after 27 or whatever, they're setting their ways. And they, like you don't really learn anything or, you know, you're just going to draw the way you're going to draw. And when I saw that, I was actually 27. And I was like, oh, well, damn, stick a fork in me. I'm done. <laughs> Now, now, Humphrey, bringing you in that, you and I have talked about this, I think, on the show before, or maybe in person when we were at a, a con or a comic book shop. You actually feel there is a timeline, right? There is a, a, a clock ticking on you to either make it 
or or not, right? I mean, you think there is a time. Because, like, I mean, when it really comes down to it, like, I mean, you know, people can say whatever they want about being, like, you could be at any age and you could do this at any age, which is, like, it's bull because when it comes down to, like, a big company, like, yeah, you could do it if you did, did it, like, on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you put yourself out there and you get your name out. Totally, you know, totally self-publish. That's yeah, right. you could totally do it if you're self-publish, like, if you have to drive for it. But most people at our age, like, you know, like my age and, like, who are older, they don't have a drive for it because they need to pay bills. They need to work for a living. They can't, like, just, you know like you know try to keep doing their dream where it like you know if it goes nowhere because it's really hard to break in and then on top of it like you know as like um one one of the main things is like anyone can tell you like if if any big company like they're always going to want to pick the cheaper route and the cheaper route is going for people who just come out of college or younger are still like evolving and because these people are easier to mold and these people are cheaper. If you go for someone who's older, the older generation are going to expect more money. They're going to expect, you know, more benefits, you know, and, um, you know, but you know, they, they're not going to be listening, you know, or, or willing to do things so easily. Like, like, like say you're an intern or like um or uh you know a younger like um entry level person coming in you know because they're going to want to do anything to get you know to the top you know what i'm saying but <clears throat> but a, a older person you know is always going to be harder to deal with you know what i mean it's like you know the the older they get you know it's like they're going to be more demands you know because you know, people who are older, you know, they know what, what they what they want. You know what I'm saying? They know what they're supposed to get. Younger people don't really care about a lot of that stuff, you know? And, it, like, I mean, it, it's just it's just really what it comes down to. It's common sense when you think about it, you now, know? I, I, now, does, does that, in your opinion, remember, this is Humphrey Ching's opinion, uh, <laughs> do you think that that also goes into the appearances, meaning – Let's say somebody is not a, you know, in, in the books. They're not even in the big four um, and maybe, maybe not self-published. Let's just say not. They have that timeline restriction, do you think, on them as well? I mean, when they, they want to sell prints and they want to sketch at a con. Um, do you think that affects, too, the age factors there as well? Um. Wait, you mean just as like an artist selling? Yeah, let's say let, just we're just gonna use not you, but let's just say an artist. We have and he's fifty-five. We'll just throw it as an example. Never been published. Wants to be published. Has that book in his head, you know, that he's gonna make it, and he has prints or he'll sketch it a thing. Do you think that there's an age factor there for the cons, the uh, uh, the shows? I mean, are people gonna be less likely to go to that artist because they are older? Do you think? Um, I mean, just being realistic to the person, you know, I'm I'm just curious. Does it tr does it go outside of the books too? I mean, is there that is that clock ticking? Period. You, you gotta like 
it's it's a lot of like um I guess like promoting and advertising, you know what I'm saying? Like like um with everything, with comics and everything. So I mean I mean, do they, does the comic book have a, you know, because let's say they, they're wanting to do the comic book art, you know, that's what I'm, yeah, I'm not referring to somebody who wants to draw a dog or, you know, something like that. They want to draw the, the superheroes and in poster form or print form or whatever, um, is, is a youth factor attached to that. And if they're not established and they're not, you know, a big name, um, do they have that hindrance to them at these cons and stuff like that? Like they do with the getting published in the big two. I think it really depends on the person's artwork. I think with the person's artwork, like, you know, if it relates to, you know, the younger crowd, then yeah, you know, you'll, you'll grab a younger crowd. But then it also depends on your image. Like, you know, you really have to cater to the to the, to the younger crowd, I guess, because the younger crowd are usually the, the, the bigger audience who call, go to the cons and buy stuff. You know, unless you're trying to cater to, like, a more um hardcore comic crowd you know mm. but then like lately you know I've, I've been debating with a lot of people you know about this and like you know in artist alley there's not a whole lot of like hardcore comic crowds anymore the biggest buyers at artist alley are usually like women and children and you know? do you see a pinup art is the bigger buy um, well, pinup art, chibi art, you know, like stuff that's more relatable to children, I guess it's, it's a, it's an easy buy, like, you know, like stuff like your BB-8s and like your Groots, like, you know, those, those people will eat up because, you know, at the time when, when, when they're popular, because, you know, little kids, like all they want is BB-8 and, you know, you know, and especially girls, you know, it's like they see something cute, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll go and buy it, you know, but, but I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing about, you know, the con, like, you know, you got to cater to like certain kind of crowds. Like, you know, I think some people are very competitive at cons, but they don't realize who they're selling to sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, like some people might get discouraged because, you know, they, they don't sell as much as, you know, the guy that's next to him who maybe sells, like, some chibi art stuff or, like, um, you know. Well, well showmanship pays huh? – showmanship is playing a big part, too, in the cons, don't you think? I mean, it's the person – if a person can pitch <clears throat> or talk to people very comfortably, but he might – and I'm not just not focusing on anybody in particular – is he might not be the better artist like the guy next to him or, or girl next to him or whomever next to him. But he's the one's the outgoing one. The outgoing one, you know, with the crowds, he's going to yeah. have the advantage. There's, there's some people who just like, you know, like I've seen people who have like, you know, they're not their art is not the greatest in the world, but they're they they're like salespersons, you know, yeah. they're like salesmen. You know, they know how to talk to people. You know, they know how to bring in a crowd. They know how to work up a crowd. You know, they know how to like talk to people. You know, a lot of like artists, you know, and that's the thing where it goes back to like, you know, like what I was saying like a while back, like how like a lot of people these days, they just kind of like kind of they're like a lot of people are just kind of jumping into the whole, you know, con thing, you know, to cash in. 
it's because like you know you have people out now nowadays who just want to quit their jobs and just want to be like you know a full-time con you know con artist you know you know and you know and they have a better sales background you know which like a lot of artists like who don't have that kind of sales background maybe or business background like <clears throat> they just they're just good at drawing you know they're not as talkative as your person who has a, a business better business or sales background you get what i'm saying yeah and so, yeah once again back to the showmanship thing they they're able to yeah and they're more comfortable with with people no, when they call those guys back in the day, they sell like snake oil and all that stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let me show up with my wagon. I'm going to sell you some art. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I I don't think it's that. I mean, it's that bad. You know, it's no, there's, but yeah. there's people who, who really love art and this is what they want to do. And that's great. You know, but then there are people who just want to cash in. And yet last week I got into this whole big debate on Facebook about like, you know, stencil, like this guy who, this girl, I guess, I don't know if it was a girl, a guy. Their face was covered and they were really skinny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they did like a stencil, like a stencil thing. Like, you know, they, they cut out comic book pages, they glued it onto a canvas and then they just stenciled Francis Maniple's like, flash onto a, a, the canvas you know and like you know they're selling this stuff you know icons i guess you know and it's just like that's not that's not real art that's just like that's that's you know people are just cashing in you know they're they're like what'd you call it um <clears throat> it's, it's just like huh they're piggybacking off of uh yeah, it's like they're, they're, like, manufacturing these things, you know? There's no real, like, art to it, you know? It's like they, they claim it's it's real art because it's, like, on a canvas or whatever, and they, you know, but it's just, like, you didn't you didn't draw it, you know? You didn't come up with the idea. You took someone else's idea and you put it on a canvas, you know? And it's just, like, you know, people don't understand, like, all you need to do to get the stencils these days is just draw it up on Illustrator, uh, like one of the Adobe programs, and then you you color separate it, and then you just have a, one of those stencil machines that they have. It's called like a Cricut or something like that, and they it cuts out the stencils for you. So wow. it's, it's it's that easy to do it. So you're yeah. saying I can start uh, cranking out some art here? Yeah, anybody can. Anybody, it'll literally take you like ten minutes to do it. Oh like it's, it's that simple and it's like that that's not the way you know art should be like down the line because it's like if, if everyone does that at at megacon or like you know at, at some comic cons and stuff you know after a while you know yeah when they say marvel's gonna crack down that's what's gonna happen because you're now not only you're using their characters but you're stealing people's artwork you're stealing the professional's artwork. This is, this is it's yours. In my opinion. What? That's a straight up slap in the face to the artists who drew those images, in my opinion. Yeah. And these artists don't get paid like enough to do these comic books. 
know? And, you know, that's that's something people don't realize, you know, is, you know, you, they think there's a lot of money, but there, there's there's not a lot of money. But to even get what is a lot of, a lot of money, you got to draw a lot. I mean, a lot and fast. That's the key, right? Exactly. Like, people, people make it seem like it's so easy to do a comic book. It's not. Making a comic book is probably one of the hardest, like, artist professions there is in the business because as a comic book artist, you, you have to know how to draw everything. And I mean, like, literally everything. You have to know how to draw things in different angles. You got to draw things in different perspectives. You got to draw every little detail, like every background, every, you know. And, I mean, a lot of people nowadays, they cheat, you know, which, you know, it, it gets the work done, you know, but, like, you know. How do they cheat? Um, some people use, like, 3D programs, I think, now for, like, their backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. Well, back in the day, um, they were playing around with this idea. Um, Joe Matarira was drawing some X-Men stuff and Spider-Man at the, when I was interning. And I remember he did an issue of X-Men, and it was a storm and somebody else flying around the city. I don't remember what the story was about. And they basically started imposing images of the city in the background, I guess, to – I mean, I don't know if he's a slow artist or anything like that. I don't mean to call him out, but maybe it was just something experimental. I'm not sure, but I just remember seeing that that's when they would start messing with the computer colors, and they were superimposing imagery from, like, you know, Times Square and all this stuff like that. And I'm like, that's weird because, you know – but you're supposed to learn how to draw that. So, is, so uh, has that become commonplace? I mean, more commonplace, Humphrey? Yeah, like I think now with all like, like uh, all the computer advancements now, like you know, um, with all the digital stuff, it makes a lot of things are a lot more easier to draw now because like now you have like programs, like comic book programs, to have perspective tools in it you know and like you don't have to like draw it like on paper and then scan it and then ink it you know or like all this stuff you know that people used to do back in the days you know the process is a little more faster and easier with digital you know but like the, and that's the thing like people try to call out digital artists like oh you know digital no man digital artists is the way that things are going like it's it's just a more efficient way of using like you know of drawing and like you know um painting and stuff you will, know will the traditional inker be gone will the will a program do the inking or does it, it already it already no, does no you have you have like digital inkers now like people who who actually ink like you know I still ink my stuff well yeah no but there are some inkers that are you know some books that don't even have ink anymore. That's what I was, uh, yeah. Notably, um, the Conan stuff of Dark Horse. When they relaunched it back in 2004, they got this artist, Carrie Nord, and he's phenomenal. You know, he, he draws really good. And I remember getting the issues, and all it was was hard pencils overlaid with computer colors. Wow. And I think they were trying to go for a Frazetta look to make it look like one of his paintings. And, you know, it was a cool, like, novel idea for, like, about five minutes. But, you know, after a while, it started to look muddy, you know, because then other artists started to do it. Some artists actually better than Carrie Nord, uh, one one gentleman by the name of Tomas Giarello, 
He's kind of, in my opinion, he's kind of like the next incarnation of John Buscema. He draws a really good Conan. He, he understands the universe and everything. He just draws it really well. And then they computer color over it. And like I said, it looks nice, but you, you miss the inks. And I miss, uh, I actually, I met Carrie Nord this past summer at a con and I had to ask him. I said, listen, I think your stuff is great. I'm, I don't mean to insult you or anything like that. Well, why wasn't your stuff inked? And he was like, well, I, don't, I don't want him to be inked. I didn't want nobody inking my stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so you that's how it works now. It's what you want. I mean, I thought, you know, for it to make it look a certain way, you know, I think it stands out. I think ink is very necessary to comic books. And it's just, it looks like, you know, even though you could digitally ink it and all that stuff like that, certain books are saying, you know what, now nah, we'll just do this. I don't know if they're trying to go for. Uh, are they trying to cut corners? I mean, to cut out the inker? Is that uh, one of the things? So it's possible that, or they're just trying to look for a, 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 a certain look. Like I said, they, they were trying to like get that Frisetta feel. Mm. Now Humphrey and, and Nate, with the changes here, the technology you're talking about, does this make the guy who wants to do that independent competitive with the big guys, or is it not realistic to even think you are going to be competitive with the big guys? Um, I don't even think I won't be able to compete with anything. I mean, if ever I get my book done, I'm going to get it done. It's going to be for me. And if I get a following or whatever, when that time comes, great. But I just want to get a book out before I die. That's pretty much my mentality right now. Okay. I think, I think that's like a lot of like people's like, um, you know, that's, that's the same thing with me. Like, you know, I would like to get my, my book out eventually, but. You have done a you have done a book in the past, correct? I mean, you, I held that in my hands, right? You you have done a book. Yeah, I did. I actually did two books. But, okay. But um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of work, man. It's not it's not easy. It's like people think it's like you know, like us artists can just shit things out, but it doesn't work. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and truthfulness, I, we talked about this before. You're doing art, you know, not necessarily your art but you're doing you know the real job day to, you know daylight job thing that is art oriented you're not doing something else outside of the art field so you're doing art you know for eight hours a day and then when your free time happens you might be a little you know art burned out right exactly like that's that's a main thing like a lot of people don't know that what i do is like like i i actually have a real art job that i draw all day like nine to five like you know nine to six you know all day long i'm drawing you know i'm drawing and um and then like when i come home like last thing sometimes the last thing i want to do is draw more you know it's but you know i got to do it to keep up you know with what i you know what i what i love you know and like you know, doing these cons and stuff, it's like, it's what, what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. You know, it's, it's always been my dream. So it's just, I do it as like a release in a way. And then at the same time, you know, it gets me motivated to do more stuff. You know, so. What, what would you tell the 13-year-old uh, Humphrey if he came walking up to you or somebody, you know, 13, 12, whatever, you know, 14 has that portfolio or sketch pad in their hands. And is there something you would tell them, you know, for the future that you know now that you didn't know when you were their age? 
Don't worry about the girls. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come later. <laughs> They're not worth it. Oh, jeez, Humphrey. <laughs> There's just trouble. I, uh, well, I, we don't want to know about what happened in Humphrey's world <laughs> so, when it comes to that. So uh, I, I guess I could translate that a little bit by saying, you know, uh, focus on the craft, right? Is that is that what you're saying? You know, uh, focus on that. What I would have said. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. Do, is there a future in that comic book world? Realistically, do you think five years from now? Yeah, eventually, like, um, I'm still planning to get, I'm going to try to get my book done by the end of this year. Okay. So I talked to Lee about it, and we're like, you know, we're kind of, you know, both trying to get our, our stuff out, you know. Now, like, do you have the entire story done, Hump? Oh, I have, yeah, I have the entire like universe done. So. Okay. So you got everything scripted and ready to go? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, but it's just like, like, um, it's just, it's just a lot of time, you know, like you're trying to keep up with the, you know, the, the con stuff too. Like you know, people want commissions from me and then at the same time, like so, so you're talking issue one, of what, how many issues? A, a six, six issue set or twelve? I'm just curious here. I'm probably gonna try to do the first three issues. Okay, all right. So I'm, I mean, I'm trying to point. I think people don't realize the question I'm gonna ask next. I think we'll kind of answer this. If you were actually going full out speed and quality art, you know, not just rushed at it what would you say uh, pencil wise a page a day would be good very good well yeah i think you're supposed to do like at least a page a day okay so and you're figuring 20 what 22 25 pages that that's let's just say a month right there if you did it non-stop non-stop mm. ideally Mm-hmm. And and that's not even ready for publication then. <laughs> I mean that's my point. I mean there's so much involved here. Yeah, I mean there's also the inking. Yes. I mean that's the one thing that I love about um, like doing everything digital now is that you know I I cut off the middleman kind of thing where I don't have to scan stuff in and you know I just go straight from penciling to inking to coloring and it's all done on one you know, one file instead of like, you know, transferring it like from like, like, you know, like, you know, penciling it and then, you know, scanning it in and inking it or like, or inking it and then scanning it in and coloring it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Or, or even pre years, pre time before that, when they used to do that and then put it in a FedEx file and shoot it to the other guy. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> So and that's amazing. They even got books out doing it that way on time. Yeah, they were months ahead of schedule. That's why. Oh, it's still, it's still. I mean, I can't imagine that. I'm, oh, here comes that FedEx thing. Let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like that would be a nightmare. <laughs> depending on that, digital does have its advantages, obviously. Oh yeah, digital. I, I love working in digital. Like, I mean, I hated it in the beginning. But I mean, like everything, you gotta you gotta practice, you gotta learn. 
and a lot of people these days don't want to practice, don't want to learn, you know? I mean, people think that I, like, I don't know, like, they think that you push a button and it's digital. It doesn't work like that. Like, digital, you still have to draw digitally. Like, you're still using your techniques that you learn traditionally. You know, like, the way I do my digital stuff is all traditional. Like, I don't, I don't half-ass it by using any filters or whatever. You know, I straight up draw it and, like, shade it and, you know, do everything, you know, the way it's supposed to, you know, be used. Like, I just, you know, use a pencil and, you know, like the whatever, like, ink and, you know, and the computer colors, like, you know, for, like, painting, you know, or whatever. It's, it's you know, brushes. Use all different brushes, you know. There's no, you know, I don't, I don't use like those special kind of brushes that make, you know, things for you. You know, I just use a regular brush, like, you know, and that's how I paint, and then that's how I ink. You know, it's not, it's, you know, there's no secret to like the way I do it. You know, the way I do it is just straight up traditional. You know, <clears throat> um, like format. You know, like the way I would normally do it if I did it traditionally, you know? And I think a lot of people get that, you know, the wrong, like, idea when it comes down to, like, digital. They think digital, when you do stuff digital, it's like, you know, like, oh, you know, you can you can press uh, Control-Z and just erase stuff or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can do that, but, you know, the good thing about doing that is that, like, you're more efficient at what you do, and you know, you you see all the corrections that you need to be making, you know, and it sticks with you. So when you do do traditional stuff, like, you know what to fix, like, you know, before you, you it even happens, you know. But, yeah, I don't know if that all makes sense. Well, no, you didn't lose me there. You're okay. Have you ever thought of teaching, Hump? Uh, no, Lee teaches. Really? <laughs> well, I was just wondering, I mean, because I was kind of surprised over uh, the past weekend, one of our friends won't out him here. He, he he told me he had four students that he actually teaches, and I, I was surprised because I didn't know he did that. Um, and I thought of you I, because, you know, listening to you talk about the crafted stuff, I was just wondering, has that, has that ever been in your mind to ever do that? Uh, mm, not really. Okay. I mean, I, I don't really like to teach. I don't know if I would have the patience okay. to like, teach people. Like, um, I mean, I guess I could, you know. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to try. But <laughs> well, maybe we can find you a student at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention coming up. Uh, no, that's all right. Okay, <laughs> I won't solicit one, so, but I'll, I'll give you a chance to solicit some real quick here before we go into some fun other nerd talk. Um, are you bringing anything new with you to the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, will you be wearing a new shirt, maybe? That way, something new? Yeah, I have a new shirt. <laughs> okay, all right. But you definitely will have Batman prints, right? Batman character prints with you? Yeah, I'll have Batman prints. Well, I think that's kind of important, considering that Batman vs. Superman movie is just around the corner. Yep. Which and, 
Uh, no, go ahead, Mr. Mr. Hump. It's, the spotlight's on you. And and what were you going to say? Oh, no. Next week at the Hourglass Brewery, where we're going to have a Batman versus Superman um, art show. And are you submitting something for that? Uh, I already submitted. Oh. I have, I've got three of my posters up. Cool. So, yeah, they're already up there. So you, if you're in the area in Longwood, just come by and check it out. And we'll put a link to the Hourglass Brewery for more information right on our website at rileyandkimmy.com. And yeah, you, are you are you going to be hanging out there? Huh? Yeah, it'll be it'll be like the the actual art show. Okay. So, yeah, all the artists are going to be there. So. Well, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty fun. That'll be big and nerdy right there. So this weekend, if someone's in uh, Central Florida, swing on by Daytona Beach, see Humphrey. He will be at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. We have uh, a link to that right on our website as well. And other guests will be there, just a ton of them. It's going to be a lot of nerd fun. Collectibles will be there. Watch out for Humphrey. He'll be looking for statues. Uh, stay out of his way. He also looks for action figures, too, and hot toys and things like that. Uh, hopefully, you will leave some there for everybody else, Humphrey. I'm broke. Okay. Well, so buy art so Humphrey can buy collectibles. <laughs> help, yes, him, help him yeah. out. <laughs> every, every little bit helps. There we go. addiction. <laughs> so, let, yeah, let's help Let's help out Humphrey. He is a starving artist, <laughs> and he, he has a, a collectible addiction. He loves statues and, and high-end action figures, so help him out. Uh, yeah, just, start playing that Sarah McLaughlin song for the battered dogs. <laughs> yeah, I should I should have a sign. We'll we'll draw for statues. <laughs> I kind of like that. You know, that could be a new new little thing for you, Hump. <clears throat> we'll, we'll trade, trade yeah. art for statues. We'll, we'll trade. Yeah, and maybe you could do like you know the smaller quick sketches for like action figures. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you could have like a grid scale. Okay, this size, uh, that's uh, that's you know a twelve inch action figure and or <laughs> yeah. you can you can negotiate at the at the show. I, I love it. <laughs> now we spoke of Batman versus Superman. Now my question, first of all, between the two of you, which which one are you looking for more to see, Batman versus Superman or that uh, Captain America Civil War? <laughs> right in the fire, huh? Yeah. Who, uh, let's just see. All right, Humphrey, which one are you looking more to see? If you can only see one of them. Honestly, like, I've been waiting all my life to watch Batman and Superman be on the same screen. Okay. And the Justice League to have their own movie. Okay. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Batman versus Superman. All right. How about Nate? Uh, I'm about to betray the captain like a mofo. Um, <laughs> if anyone knows me, I'm a big Captain America fan, way before the movies and all that stuff like that. But I gotta, I gotta go with uh, Dawn of Justice because, like Humphrey, I've been waiting to see these two jackasses beat the crap out of each other on the big screen for a while. Now, see what it's been for. I mean, in our minds, us, you know, comic book nerd geeks here, we know that they have battled before. But you know, I encounter. When I did a previous uh, thing at a movie theater, I would hear people obviously don't even read comic books or haven't for so long. They're like, "Batman versus Superman, that don't happen." I'm sitting there going, "Oh yeah, it does, you fool!" <laughs> but I mean, they're clueless to this. Do you think that's going to be a problem, Humphrey, uh, with some people with the the masses accepting that part of the film? 
I mean, I know it's not that. That's one of the things too. It's not the whole movie. A lot of people think it's going to be the whole movie. Zed. It's not what the whole movie. It's not the whole movie. You know, them yeah, two I going. Found a, I found uh, it's supposed. It's Batman v Superman. And the V is supposed to stand for something. I don't know. Someone was telling me that the other day, and um, it's not supposed to stand for verses. I okay. Guess. I don't know. Did you hear about that name? Nope. No, I didn't hear anything about well, that. Well, I heard Zack uh, Snyder like like two months ago or so stated that the reason they didn't use a also a big V or a VS is he didn't want it to stand out. It's not the it's that is really not what the story is. Is those two going at it? it oh, I hear some crazy idea. Why don't you just call the world's finest then? Exactly, but I think you know why because we, you, me, and, and Hump would get it right and would go see it. Unfortunately, you know the other group out there that have never read a comic book or will. Might not. If they think there's a, you know, a smackdown between these two powerful names, image-wise, marketing-wise. I think that's the the whole thing. There it was a way to draw in more people. And they should have called it Batman Superman, the World Fighters. I, I I'm with I'll, you. How about that for now? I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know everybody's like jumping on the bandwagon right now because Spider-Man pops up. Says <laughs> so like you know hi everyone but you know it's it's cool and all but it's just like you know like like Nate said like you know he his favorite guy is, is Captain America my favorite guy in Marvel is Spider Man you know and you know I've seen Spider Man in a bunch of other movies already I mean this is the first time he's gonna actually be a part of the Avengers but I mean I already know what the story is gonna be like. You know, I seen I seen all like you know like a bunch of like Avenger movies already, so I kind of get an idea of how the movie's gonna be like, you know, and I'm, it's gonna be good regardless. Like we all know that, you know, it's not there's there's no no doubt about it. It's probably even gonna be better than Batman vs Superman, you know. But do you, you know, do you think they'll stay to the comic book towards the ending of uh, Civil War? Yeah, I think I think Cap's gonna die. Or is it? Uh, just, just not everybody. <laughs> well, no, comic book. What Humphrey and I have warned previous in previous things that you need to read the the comic books before you take anybody to that movie or yourself if you never have, because yeah. I, I think there's gonna be a lot of like you know parents taking kids to this thing. They're gonna come back on, what have I just done? You know, kids are gonna be crying. I mean, I I think that's gonna happen. Because I, I think what happens is that, that Cap's probably gonna die and then. Bucky's probably going to be capped for, you know, for, for the beginning of, like, Infinity. Yeah. The first half, right? Yeah. Infinity War. And then at the end of, like, the credit scene, it's going to be, like, you know, the, at the end of um, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, where, like, Davy Jones walks down the stairs. And then, I mean, not Davy Jones. Um, What's his name? Jeffrey Rush's character. I don't know what he's talking about. Barbosa. Yeah, Barbosa comes down the stairs and stuff. And then you're like, oh, shit, he's, he's still alive, you know? That's what's going to happen with Cap. Cap's going to come out, you know, him, he's going to come out through the door or something and well, return to the king. Right. Dr. Strange will probably be a part of that, bringing him back, be the key, probably. Yes. They're not going to do that, uh, what was that, Cap Lives? What the hell was that? Where he's jumping through time. Oh, yeah. Time. Was Bruce it? Wayne jumping through time. No. Yeah. What, what, what I hear is what's going to happen, actually, is that Scarlet Witch is going to die, too, in this movie. And, um... Uh, what you call it? This is all rumors, but like supposedly Scarlet Witch dies too, and then Vision goes to try to find her, like you know, oh. gem. like you know, oh, the mind stone. 
Yeah, so, like, Vision tries to find her, and then I guess on the way of finding her, he probably finds Cap and the rest of the gang, you know, whoever else dies. And, you know, if, if Thor dies in Ragnarok, you know, mm. you know Thor's, Thor's most likely going to die in Ragnarok. Um, they're also supposed to die in Ragnarok. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to die. <laughs> well, uh, Humphrey... <laughs> Humphrey's making this a positive experience. Batman, Superman, that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, because nobody's gonna die in that one. Cap, Cap's gonna die in, in Civil War. There you go. Well, I and I think Cap's gonna, <laughs> Cap's actually gonna sacrifice his life to save Stark. That'll be the. That's, yeah, that's the thing. I think what's gonna happen is like Crossbones is probably gonna try to, you know, kill Stark, and then Cap's gonna jump in the right. bullet. You know. I mean, that's too cinematic. They have to go. You know, they they're gonna. That would be the a movie shot. You know, they would they would exploit that and have you know him die in Stark's arms. Mm-hmm. And basically, like that's how the the beef will end. Right. Yeah. And then Cap realizes, you know, instead of you know Cap realizing, oh, what have I done? It's gonna be like Stark realizing, oh, what have I done? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and. And you have uh, whatever else comes next. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, yeah, but that, that ain't going to do anything with uh, the universe right now. They're doing their own thing. Hmm. Awesome. What's coming out this week is uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And that's another one of my favorites. Basically, my basic four fruit groups of comic book characters are Daredevil, Punisher, Captain America, and Colossus. <laughs> Whoa. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. It's called the year of the mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Colossus and Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, it is my year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's that Conan movie, and I'm all straight. Wow. Yeah. Did, did Nate ever tell you what he thinks about, like, this day and age of, like, comic fans? What do you think of the, the, well, let's just go down that path. Why not, Humphrey? You you opened the door. What do you think of this day and age, as Humphrey puts it, comic book fans? I could do without them. To be quite frankly with you, do, they oh god. Do, do you do you think that that there's like a a lot? When I say a lot, like a, the majority now, where they're not even reading a comic book, or you have maybe you've never read one. Is that yeah, a problem? Yeah, it is because it's, uh, in my opinion, is a lot of them go to the movies and it's cool, you know. These are great movies, you know. They go see these things and they're like, "Oh, Iron Man's great. Iron Man's my favorite character." Okay, cool. Um, did you read Demon and Bob? I think you should read it. It's one of his best stories. And they'll they'll, they'll probably download it or they'll look at it, and as soon as they see like old school Bob Lee and art, they're like, "Check, please." <laughs> you're not gonna read it. No, you know, you know, Tony Stark had that perm back in the day, that that Tom Selleck perm. Yep. <laughs> they look at that and they freak out. They see the old armor and they, you know, it's not their Iron Man. So I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's very irritating. They want to know the stuff, but they don't want to do the work to read it. You know, they rather just come to me or Wikipedia or, or Humphrey or something like that, and it's like just just read the damn book. But is that is that group that future group right there, and you know they're eventually going to have kids and stuff? Or is that yeah. what is spelling maybe doom to the comic book itself? 
Because I, I think so. You do? Well, me personally, I think so because when I when I was that age, when I was fourteen, when I started reading comic books, I mean, Daredevil was the first actual superhero that 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 kind of drove me into like, hey, comic books are fun. Um, by then it was like issue two eighty something, whatever. Incidentally, had Captain America as a guest star, so I guess my uh, path was already chosen, so to speak. <laughs> um, but you know, Daredevil fascinated me as a character because he was blind and. You know, he did all these amazing things, and I, I wanted to know as much about him as possible. You know, back then, we didn't have Wikipedia. We didn't have uh, Internet or anything like that. So if you wanted to know more about the character, you had to go get some back issues and educate yourself. You know, not every issue is going to be great, but, you know, they were still fun. You know, and I think comics today or you know, or, or the fans and the comics, they, they're just not fun. They don't know. They don't allow themselves to have fun. In my opinion, because comics, they're supposed to be a little goofy. They're supposed to be it's supposed to be fun. They're not supposed to be this serious, like depressing shit that's out nowadays. You know, but people and I always hear people like, well, this is what comics are supposed to be like or it's more realistic. And if you know me, the word realistic in comic books really pisses me off. Well, they're, they're not catering to a younger crowd for future. I mean, there's no there's no uh, cultivation. There's no, you know, uh, which for decades DC and Marvel did, then that went away, in my opinion. It's just gone. Now they rely on the cartoons, I think, for early exposure in video games and Lego movies and things like that. Yeah, but, you know, imagine this, though. You have a kid that's like six years old, you know, like what you said, the Lego, the cartoons, and stuff like that, and let's just say he loves Spider-Man. And then, uh, you know, he goes to a store with his mom, and then there, there's a comic book for Spider-Man. So, you know... The mom don't know any better because it's Spider-Man on the cover. My mm-hmm. son loves Spider-Man. And then when he reads it, like, you know, some really grisly shit's happening in there. And the kid's like, what the hell did I just see? Probably crying, kind of like what you said when they leave Captain America. They're going to be crying in the pants. I'm like, what the hell did I take my kid to see? It's kind of the same thing. You know, I mean, it, it always seemed like if um, comic book fans, I, I guess from, well, I guess my age and maybe somewhere like per 24 or whatever like that. They wanted the comics to grow with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they wanted to t- they, they wanted to take it with them, and, and it shouldn't be that way. Because even I think John Byrne. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't really know what the direct quote. I think it was John Byrne. In in his opinion, is that you know, yeah, you, you're reading comics and you, you know you love them, you enjoy them, but there's a certain point where you kind of got to stop. You know, because you know real life kicks in. Well, you so, know that that's hmm? well, that's actually the old. Um, uh, Stan Lee model too, because uh, when he was still editor, um, that was one of his rules: was you treat the comic book reader will be the prime for Marvel was eight to fifteen. He goes, when a person hits fifteen years of age or sixteen, they're driving, they're going out, you know, having a good time. They're not going to be in our world. They they might come back in college for a little bit, but we need to keep that you know that uh, that core right there, that eighteen to fifteen core. And they did that successfully for decades. Yeah. But then, like, and then, you know, the cool thing about stuff, like, about that was that when they did come out with mature stuff, you had your, like, um, what, do you, what do you call it, like, Vertigo and Epic and Max and, you know, Marvel Knights and stuff like that. Like, you know, those were your, like, more mature, or even if you want to go back, those, you know, those one-shot prestige editions, whatever. Well, even yeah. 
even oversized. even further back in the seventies, they had Curtis line Marvel did, which was totally was black and white, and uh, it was without the code at all, and it was designed specifically for adults. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, and it's like, and a lot of people don't don't realize that they had books like that back in the days, and that was all for the adults. And I mean, back in the days, like the graphic novels, you know, were for adults. You know, like that's where 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 we got like Killing Joke, and you know, well, no, Watchmen was like separation then became a collective. But they were they were like kind of like well, Arkham were, Asylum um, was yeah, it. Right. Dave McCain and uh, was it Morrison? Yeah, Morrison, and then like, but like, um, even like Watchmen, or like, um, uh, what'd you call it, Dark Knight Returns? Mm-hmm. They were like, they weren't your average like comic books. They were still thicker, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like, um, they were treated differently, you know, like, so they were more for for mature audiences, and I mean, and that's the other thing too. They had Elseworld, you know, and it was like. <clears throat> this stuff was the stuff that was made for like your your more mature audience, and then I mean Marvel had the Ultimate line that was really cool back, you know, that I loved, and I don't know why, like why they had to screw it up by like because at one point like it was targeted for more younger readers, and then all of a sudden it just got really violent, like when. Was it when Jeff Lowe came in? They did the well, ultimatum when he just like slaughtered everybody. Yeah, and everyone was like, this was a blob like rip like bit off of like wisp washed his like head off or whatever. Or? It was some nasty shit. I I, I you know <laughs> it was weird. And this was this was made for kids. Like why why was it treated like that? Like at the end, you know? I mean I don't know. Like you know. The mature stuff was was good when, when you when you like properly gave a little out, you know. But now when you have too much something, it it, it gets overdone, and it's just like everything is just kind of like, you know, it's not fun anymore, you know. Like when they said, you know, everything is is just too serious, like you know. And that's but like. Well, don't you see that's a problem? Also, with Marvel movies are about to go into the, you know, when I said to somebody, well, they're going, they're getting darker, and they go, oh no, they're not. I go, w- w- what planet are you on? I mean, <laughs> let's face it, uh, Winter Soldier was darker than First Avenger, and Avengers Two darker than Avengers One. I go, and once you start opening up the super uh, supernatural world even more and exploring it, it's going to even get far far more darker. Yeah. I feel like the the Netflix shows are more darker than the. Oh yeah, they are beyond a doubt. I mean, those are you're you're right on that. Like I don't know if they're gonna tie them in with the movies eventually. You're saying they are, but I don't I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna see Daredevil show up in Infinity War or anything like that. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing too. Like um, one of Nate's like biggest problems, I think Lee too, is like the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> Nolan's trilogy. Yeah, that son of a bitch. Whoa. <laughs> now I, I will readily admit the third one I detested, saw it just one time. I refuse to see it again. <laughs> now for for me, as, as a whole, you know, as a movie, they're good. I'm, I won't take that away from them. Okay. My, my problem was 
I'm the kind of guy that I want to see on the screen what I see on printed paper. And that's that's just the way I am. You know, there, there's no change in that. So when I saw the first Batman Begins, I actually loved it because it was a departure from Bat Nipples. And it was the beginning of something new. Uh, we had Ra's al Ghul, who's my favorite Batman villain. He was the main guy. So, you know, it had me. And I remember when the movie ended, me and my friends, uh, Humphrey was in Florida at the time. So I had worked at Tower Records at the time. So we were just like, so who do you think they could bring in? You think, we'll, you know, they'll go the route of Killer Croc? And, you know, we're just throwing all these names. And, like, how would they do Mr. Freeze? And then when the second one rolls around, you get Heath Ledger's Joker, which, you know, he, he did a, a great performance. I mean, I'm, I'm not on the bandwagon like everybody else, but I give the man his credit. Uh, once I saw they, 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 he didn't fall in the vat of acid and he's got scars and stuff like that, I was like, all right, so they're trying to make it quote unquote realistic. And I'm watching this movie and I'm, you know, I'm trying to enjoy it, but the crowd in the theater just want to shut up. They did it. Anything this man did, like he could have fart on screen, they would have applauded. And um, I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, this universe, I can't see Superman showing up. And it looked like it just completely like, oh, but well, we're just doing Batman and the rest of the DC universe can, you know, kick to the curb because we don't have to deal with them. And, you know, like I said earlier, been dying to see Batman and Superman show up. Um, one of the things I always tell Humphrey and Lee is uh, the moment that Nick Fury showed up at the end of Iron Man and said, I want to start the Avengers initiative. Warner Brothers should have just said, we need to do Justice League like now. You know, well, Marvel, well, as you well know, don't have the, the characters all in the form. You don't have Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Warner has everybody. So it's like, what do they wait for? Warner, they were gonna, uh, Warner Brothers was going to do that. It was the Green Lantern movie was going to launch stuff. Um, well, before the Green Lantern, right. um, George Miller, Matt Max, right. was supposed to do a Justice League movie. And right. because the writer's strike and all that stuff like that. I mean, you know, the only thing that I thought was dumb about it was that, you know, at the time, you know, like it or not, Brandon Ralph was your Superman because he just came off of Superman Returns and then this guy bailed with Batman. You could have used them, but, you know, they didn't look in that direction. They were going to recast the guy from Lone Ranger to be Batman. Correct. Some, some other dude to be Superman. And I don't I didn't know what they were going to go, but the writer strike kind of killed that. And then, like you said, Green Lantern was supposed to like be like the Iron Man of, of, of uh, the DC movies. And that didn't work out too well. Um. But yeah, but they they, they they put all their the eggs in the basket of Nolan and Batman, and you know here we are, you know over at Marvel, you got Thor, you got Captain America, you got all this stuff, and you know they're building to the Avengers. And I remember watching the Avengers, you know opening opening night, and when the Avengers start fighting the the aliens in in Times Square and all that stuff like that, I'm looking at this and I'm like Jesus Christ, freaking Justice League is fucked. It's, yeah, we're not, gonna, <laughs> you know, and because. Thank you, Humphrey, for spoiling it for me before I saw the ending, knowing that Thanos was going to show up. I'm like, well, if they do a Justice League movie and Darkseid is the main villain, then it looks like they're just copying off of the Avengers. Yep. Which might be a problem now. I mean, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, at this point, it, you know, whether they go that route or not, I mean, the Justice League, you kind of need a Darkseid kind of character. I mean, so now it is what it is, but... If, you know, Warner Brothers, in my opinion, they got off their asses at the end of Iron Man, it was like, okay, let's beat them to the punch. Because, you know, if they want to get Fantastic Four or, or Daredevil or Spider-Man or X-Men for that matter, they got to jump through these hoops. We got them all here. Right. And they did nothing. And they were just so um, preoccupied with Nolan's vision. And again, good movies. 
really good movies. But you know, as for me as a comic book fan, you know, I'm not even about Marvel or DC. I, I just love comic books. I mean, I might lean towards Marvel because, I, like I told you, my four favorite characters. But I love Superman to no end. I love Captain Marvel, Shazam to no end. Oh, me too. Flash. You know, I love those characters. So I want to see them get their due. Unfortunately, I you know I I I go all the way back to Golden Age with Captain Marvel, CC Beck stuff. I mean, right. I I collect that and love it. And but I I I wonder if they've missed the boat with Cap. I mean, can he be utilized in today's age, especially when we're going grittier and grittier, and possibly R-rated films? I mean, I just can't see Captain Marvel. I mean, yeah, you can make Black Adam, you know, vile <laughs> yeah. as all all anything, but. I just don't know if it's not going to come across hokey, unfortunately. Oh, I don't think we're going to get that that Fred McMurray looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, very, we're not, very yeah. good, very good. Yeah, um, we're going to get whatever it is they're pumping out in the new Fifty Two, which I, I don't even read. Same here. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. Like, um, you think they'll, they'll go with the new Fifty Two? Well, I mean, everything they're doing with. Uh, the DC side is more New 52 oriented. I mean, look at Superman's look. I um, mean, yeah, okay, Batman is the Dark Knight Returns. I don't know what they're going to do with Wonder Woman. You know, I'd be curious to see. I mean, Aquaman, I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> I mean, is he going to have that? I don't know. I, I've heard rumors that he's going to have something colored similar to the suit we've known over time, but I I, 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 I don't know. If you see the, the action figures he has, like, Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> what, you talking about the ones in Target? Yeah. Oh, those things are awful. <laughs> hey, but there, there's a Lex Luthor battle armor, Kryptonian battle armor thing. Uh, you have to mention Lex Luthor. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I, I know you like, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> you, you like that one, right? You like him as uh, Lex Luthor, right? Jesse. <laughs> oh, hell no. He actually had, has a, long before they even announced, like, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. They started a a, a page <laughs> that went nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. And we're trying to get them to like get people on board. It was uh, what, what's it called? Zane. Zane is Luther. Oh, uh, Billy Zane. Yeah, I think that man was born to play Lex Luther. Yes. Uh, visually, get yeah, you know he's bald and all that stuff. But my thing was is that Billy Zane is a better actor than people give him credit for. I mean, he, you know, he does the straight to videos because you know you got to work. You know, that, that's the way it is. Well, the man knows how to play an asshole like no other. <laughs> Who better to play Lex Luthor than him? Plus, he would come across, I think, of that quality like Clancy Brown did in the animated series as uh, Luther. He'd have that classy thing, and but he'd be sinister in his delivery. Well, uh, you know, I mentioned that because a few years back, uh, a short-lived show on Channel 7 called Deep End. It was like a law firm. It was like a bootleg L.A. law for younger people. And uh, the two law firm um, partners were Billy Zane and Clancy Brown. Oh. I remember watching the first episode with my, my buddy. He knows that you know, I'm a big Billy Zane fan. So he's like, you got to check this out. Your boy's on it. I said, all right. So I watched the first episode. So his establishing shot is in a high-rise tower. He's looking out the window, kind of like Lex Luthor does. And I'm like, how can they not see this? And then the first dude to walk in, it's like Clancy Brown. They start arguing about something. And I'm like, my God, it's Lex Luthor fighting with himself. Yeah. I got to check that out. I got to find that. I want to hear that. I think it's on Netflix. It's cool. only like seven, it's like seven episodes, if that. Well, you know, Luther too. I mean, uh, the, this is one people don't realize. I mean, probably like 
one person in a hundred thousand, not even now, a million might even be aware of this, but there was a cool Luther back in the 50s, 1950, uh, with Superman or Adam Man versus Superman, a guy by the name of Lyle Talbot. And okay. yeah, okay. He, he has this, he had this powerful voice, but he, he, he you know, it wasn't this uh, goofball uh, thug kind of thing they tried in the 70s. Uh, and, and what they tried to do with Kevin Spacey wasn't that. I mean, he, there's parts of it I look at it, and it's like I see it influencing maybe even the animation, you know, Tim and Bruce Tim and stuff on what Luther was supposed to be. So he was a businessman who was very smart, and 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 he just had that powerful feel about him when he was on presence, you know, on camera and stuff. And I was like, and uh, and, and that that goofy movie serial. The cool thing about it is check it out because this that that Luther opens up the Phantom Zone. They they call it like the 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 Doom something Doom, but it's actually the Phantom Zone before it's ever in the comic books. And the Alan serial? Yeah, it's it's a Superman TV serial. I mean, not TV serial, movie serial. The last one made with Kirk Allen. It was nineteen. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's nineteen fifty. That that is Lyle Talbot, I believe, is and he's Luther, and it is cool. I mean, he. Uh-huh seen that actually i was on this serial kick a few years back and i i and billy zane when i saw him i i thought you know zane that that could be luther you know because it, it kind of reminded me that his read his delivery you know and presence it's like yeah yeah he, he'd have been perfect and you know you, you know that the you know wayne enterprises and LexCorp probably have some sort of like meetings and stuff like that they're playing with ben affleck being a 40 something year old batman all right, Billy Zane's a little bit older than Ben Affleck, but, you know, I think that would have made more sense than, you know, little punk-ass Facebook kid playing Lex Luthor. Yeah. Totally totally agree with you on that. I mean, uh, I, I like I like an older Luthor, a little bit older, you know, than the... And I mean, they did in the Superboy comic books back, you know, that they were close in age and et cetera. Yeah, I hated that. I always hated that. Yeah. And it's kind of why I, I, I kind of hated Smallville. I mean, I hated Smallville for a lot of reasons, but that was one of them. Yeah. I never liked the idea of, of Lex Luthor and Superman being friends. And then, you know, there were, there was this book, uh, Superman Birthright. I don't know if you, did you yes, read that? Yes, yes. Where they had it so that he, um, there was that fire, so he loses his hair and all that stuff like that. And then, which, I, they, which is a theft, not theft, it's borrowed from the 50s or, uh, yeah, the 50s uh, Superboy. Super, when, right. when, when Luther's creating the kryptonite uh, antidote and causes a fire and Superboy blows it out and he loses his hair. Right. But I remember when uh, Clark sees him for the first time, and he he has no recollection of who he is. I don't know if it's because he's traumatized by the experience, or he just chooses not to remember. I always just found that weird. Yeah. Because if Luther is the smartest man in the world, he's not going to know that he was best friends with Superman. Well, you're talking about the the conclusion of uh, Smallville, why he doesn't remember. Just in general, the whole well, well the, the, the conclu- dynamic of well, well the conclusion Luther. of Smallville. The reason is his half sister injected him with something, and it causes him to lose his, his uh, memories, all of his memories, and uh, yeah, it, that that was the like the very last you know five minutes of the movie or TV series. It's it's permanent ending, and she injects him as she's dying, or had injected him, poisoned him, if you will, and and he's losing all memories of Clark being, you know, Superman. Mm. And his sister's Macy, uh, Marcy. That's right. Uh, can't think of her name. Uh, Cassidy, uh, that played that role. Mm-hmm. Who was that? I'm sorry. Uh, the, I can't remember her first name. Was it Cassidy that played uh, the sister? Is that right? Uh, I, I don't know the, the girl's name. But the character's name. She was Luther's sister. Oh. Yeah. It's like... Um, 
Oh, uh, are you talking about the character? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, what's her name? Marcy? Was Marcy? And you're oh, cl- It doesn't no, no. matter. I, I didn't like Smallville anyway, so. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, what you call Luther's Luther's a uh, sidekick? Like, no, 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 no. In the Mercy, Mercy, Mercy Gray. Mercy Gray's was the. Uh, but uh, the, but the one injects him with the thing. That's his his sister, his half sister that did it in the uh, uh, end of Smallville, the the whole series. And yeah, she, she she was supposed to be Mercy. Well, she she's his half sister in the Smallville line. That's what they yeah yeah, yeah. they like they they, brought, they, they, they twisted. Brought in, they brought her in as Mercy, and then like and then like uh, then later on you found out that 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 was like his half sister. Right. That that she, she has some other name. Or now we're going soap opera. That's what this sounds like. <laughs> it, it got it got really stupid. I mean, the the only thing that 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 goofy show had that I liked that, that even though it was you know it was cheap was they at least went to the the Justice Society for a little bit. We kind of got. I was, about to say, I was about to say that. I I caught that episode because of Humphrey because he's like you got to check out Doctor Fate. Yep. Absolute yeah, justice. That's the that's the the the, the storyline. That Doctor right. Fate won me. Yeah, Doctor Fate, Hawkman, and was it Star Spangled Kid? Uh, Star Spangled Star- Girl. Star Spangled Girl. Because uh, the Star Spangled Kid got bumped off, I think. Can't yeah. remember. No, she was Star Girl. Yeah, that's it. Star Girl. Yeah, I saw those. I was like, wow, they could do that, and I still can't see this idiot in the Superman costume. And right. and and that end with with him in that Superman costume—that was the biggest mistake they did right there. Well, oh, the Superman Returns uh, digital. Oh, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I was like, and, and oh boy, Dark Dark Side was really eminent, really a, a big villain in that one at the end. I was like, yeah. what is this? It's like, it's all Fantastic Four. So let's do that. <laughs> exactly. Galactus 2.0. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible. So, so, Humphrey, Supergirl's better than Smallville, since I, I still have all the episodes on the DVR. I mean... Oh, yeah. Supergirl's freaking amazing. Like, I, I love Supergirl. Like, that... Like, it's my second favorite, like, um, DC show right now, next to The Flash. So, like, I'm more, I'm more, like, um, excited to see... Like a Supergirl more than Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow. I haven't seen Arrow this year. I have them all banked. Yeah, Arrow's like Arrow's still good. It's just that you know, I can't stand Felicity. (laughs) You said she was gonna die. What happened? I know she's still alive. I see promos for her. What what happened? You said she's dead. (laughs) She became fake Oracle. That's what happened to her. Oh, they actually call her fake Oracle? <laughs> no, what was it? What was it? Night Watch? Dark Watch? Overwatch. Oh, no, Overwatch. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. I can't wait to watch those episodes. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're fun. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Well, actually, The Legends of Tomorrow was the one where they do... Like, no, you, you're not caught up on that, right? No, but I know they go into the future where they see Oliver Queen, like, down the road. Oh. Well, that, that, was, that was the only episode that I liked, but they even fucked up that episode. Now, <laughs> is he a version of... Let's just do spoiler here. Is he a version where he's lost his arm version of... Yeah. Okay, did Superman fry it off? Is it that kind of version? They, they, they don't mention Superman at all. It's just he lost it. It, it could be... Uh, Whoever he's dealing with that there, because they don't they don't really mention Batman or Superman. They, mm. 
I mean, hell, the Supergirl's in an alternate universe, right? Right, which Flash uh, is going to, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They're, we're going to have to find out when they cross over. Because, I mean, it might be an alternate universe because, like, they saw it in the portal, but... Yeah. It's yeah. One of the, probably one of the 52 universes. Yeah. But, I mean, it could be... It could be... I don't know. Like, it could be in the same universe, too, I guess. I don't know. Because I think... I, I could have swear, like, one of them... One of the universes were, were like, um, the same, like universe that they're on so like one of the portals i could be wrong i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't remember no yeah he was running through the portal and he says you got to look straight ahead and basically ignore the images because that'll pull you in or something like that and you know you see other versions of what he's went through for the past like season and a half and then they kind of just throw a picture of her flying in there and they're like oh look there she is (laughs) the only one that's really cool is that they show the um, they showed a what you call it, '90s Flash in it, in one of the portals. I, I didn't. I don't even think I caught that one. Yeah, they showed uh, what you call it, John Wesley Ship's Flash. They did. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta go back and watch yeah. that. Remember that 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 that's like I think it was from the opening intro where he's like on top of the building and the lightning strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Flash costume. Yeah. Yeah, they showed that. Oh wow. Blinking, you miss it, huh? <laughs> they, actually, that one was right across from Supergirl's. Oh, that's probably why I didn't notice it, because I was like, oh, look, Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. So, Hump, are you excited for the Flash uh, going to be in uh, Justice League, or do you think this this Flash is going to blow compared to the TV one? Um, I don't think we're going to see much of the Flash, because from what I read, um, the Flash is only going to have, like, a like a quick cameo, like they're gonna, they're gonna be like, they're like, I think it's, it might be like, like the after credit scene. And then they're like, you know, we gotta, we gotta start a team or we gotta, we gotta start recruiting. And then they look on the news and then they show some guy, like some speedster, like running through like central city or something like that. No, I, I'd heard uh, through one of the sources that they're leaking and it could be just total rumor that, the dreams and stuff Wayne is having, and even they say Kent will be, is because the timeline may have been affected, and the Flash is reaching out, calling out to the members of the Justice League in the, you know, his past, you know, uh, and is reaching them to warn him about Darkseid. <clears throat> that that would be cool. I, I I heard something like that too. Not... It'll be the longest week. <laughs> <laughs> now, Humphrey, I you know, we're getting real close to the movie. You. Are you going to behave, or are you going to be spoiling the minute you're in that theater? Are you going to start posting stuff? I mean, are you going to do a favor to all your friends and behave yourself? I'll behave. When Civil War comes around, that's when I'm going to start spoiling the shit. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you, well, you won't be on Facebook. To... Well, no, I mean, again, I'm going to have to see this movie before you, but really? <laughs> I, I'm just going to piss off the, all the freaking Marvel fans. No. <laughs> Oh, I keep shitting on Batman versus Superman. Oh man! You're really gonna do that? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, people piss me off enough. You know, I wouldn't mind doing a, a live YouTube YouTube stream right out outside the movie theater if you want to, and you could spoil it right there, go live. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd be 
I, I'd love to plaster you all over the planet Earth doing that one. <laughs> See my man in 11 o'clock news getting his ass beat by a bunch of angry bats. I mean, a Captain America fans. <laughs> Could you see that? Some guy with like a plastic Thor hammer hitting him over the head. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the plastic plastic Captain America shield they're hitting him. I love it. So Humphrey, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'll remind you as we get close to that one and say, hey, you know, you want to go stream? We'll do it. Sure. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, tr- I'm trying to promote you. You accuse me of not talking about you enough. You know, I'm just trying to help you. I did. I accuse you that. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, you, you, I you talk you, too much about me. Oh no, not at all. I barely ever talk about you. I'm, I never do conventions and, and mention you when you're not there. I, I never do that. <laughs> and by the way, for those listening, this check out the video that I have on uh, on our website and Facebook page where we do talk about Humphrey Gasp. He loves that video. It's live from Fanboy Expo. With John Pinto. Just click on that vi- video. It's our shout out to Humphrey, and it's a special shout out. <laughs> yeah, very special. Brought to you by Jimmy Hart himself. Oh, thank you. I know you call me that. I, you, <laughs> you know what's funny is when you posted that, Kimmy's like, what What the hell is he talking about? Jimmy Hart? Who the hell's Jimmy Hart? I go, Out to the South? Holy uh, crap, I see it now. <laughs> and and I'm, like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I go, that is, uh, I explained it to her. I said, this is the action figure that I have. And she goes, oh, she, that's that's what somebody wanted you to cosplay as. I said, yeah, one of Humphreys and, and you know, my friend, uh, Sean Surface, wanted me to cosplay as at an event. I go, yeah. I go, that's Humphreys' way of giving me the finger. <laughs> wow. I go, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Now, Humphrey, before I let you go, where are you going to be for uh, free comic book day? We need to promote that because that's really not that far off. And, you know, people who are mad at you for Batman versus Superman, they can show up and talk to you, you know, there. Where, where are you going to be? I'm going to be mad at Civil War because he's not going to ruin no injustice. Well, <laughs> no, they'll still trust me. He's going to do something with Silver. I know him. he's going to do something with Batman versus Superman. He will. I know. I know. I was, I was trying to help you, man. He's going to. I know him. So where are you going to appear at, uh, Humphrey, for a free comic book day? Famous Faces and Funnies. Oh, in Melbourne, Florida. Yep. I will be there. And is there others with you that you're bringing? Are you bringing uh, some of your friends? Yeah, I'll be bringing um, Dennis and Bonnie, um, Art, and... um, uh, Chris Butler. Cool. Yeah. And you will have a special guest with you. Um, it was announced today. I'll, I can I can talk about it. John. John yeah, yeah, John Beatty will be there. Um, on hand. I believe he's sketching too. Oh yeah, that's right. So Beatty will be in the house with you. Yes, he will. I'll be there too. Now, see what's really cool because you do Batman stuff. Tons of Batman stuff, beautiful Batman work, and we know John does beautiful Batman work as well. So, you know, people who like Batman versus Superman, they're going to be in heaven. And also because of uh, Civil War, uh, John is known for his work on his Captain America, uh, the Captain America books that he did. Right. And Punisher, we can't forget he did the Punisher too. So, 
And Secret Wars, right? That's correct. So you got to have, you know, you're going to have all kinds of fun. You can get with John and, and Hump and Bonnie and Dennis and Chris. Can't forget Chris. All at uh, Famous Faces and Funnies. 11,000 square feet of nerdum in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, check it out. We have a link right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Uh, anything uh, happening this weekend we need to know about, Humphrey, that maybe anything you want to promote or anything with uh, that we maybe missed just a bit ago with uh, Daytona Beach? Because you will be there Sunday starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'll be at Daytona um, on Sunday. That's right. Um, I'll be at uh, next Saturday. I'll be at the Hourglass Brewery to um, for the Batman and Superman art show. Okay. That would be that. That's the week later, right? In the following week, right? Yeah, the, the following Saturday. Okay. Yep. And we'll be yeah. We'll, we'll be. I'll be there with a bunch of other artists. So, we'll be, I think there's like f- over forty different art pieces from like DC Comics. Wow. And, like and, and art, fan art, I guess. And if I remember right, Jeremy uh, from Hourglass. Brewery mentioned that they will have like a special, what, Batman versus Superman brew or something? Wonder Woman brew or something? Yeah, they'll have like a special brew for, for, um, what do you call it? Um, I think a Batman or Superman brew. I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll be something special. Yeah. I mean, you're, when you get there, you'll, you'll figure it out. So. And just go up to Humphrey and go, how is it? Because we know by the time uh, the show starts, he, he will have a few in him. Uh, I'm kidding you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Humphrey wouldn't be that way. Never. So don't don't buy the artist a drink. He he, he wouldn't accept it. I'll take it. If you want to buy me drinks, I'll take it. Oh, oh see how he is now? <laughs> we opened the door for him. That's at the Hourglass Brewery. Week from uh, this this Saturday, he will be there. He'll be with a, a ton of friends, great people. I know uh, several of the artists that will be there. Be a good time, good chance to check out their art as well. Uh, Humphreys and everybody else is at the Hourglass Brewery. We have that link right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Anything uh, in uh, Nate's world, uh, nerd wise, around the Not corner? Just uh, nothing to plug, nothing to promote. You know, just trying to get my ass off and dust off the rust. That's it. Okay, we got we we want it to happen. We want to make this happen. <laughs> we want to see that comic book. Uh, well, come back in twenty fifty five. Twenty fifty five. All right. Well, uh, I, you know what? I'm I'm going to be building that damn time machine in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll just I don't I don't want to wait that long. So we'll just you know go. I'll just go ahead of time a little bit and, and pay you a visit. Well, I'll tell you this: it, it won't be very PC. So. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it in 2055. You got it, man. <laughs> Maybe that's the title, 2055. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I definitely want you back on the show if you'll come back on, Nate. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. That's yeah, cool. A blast. And, yeah, definitely have you on. And, and Humphrey, we'd kind of like to have you back, too. Of course. All right. And we look forward to seeing you at, uh, let's see, Humphrey in Daytona Beach and stopping by the Riley and Kimmy Show table become part of an episode we'll be recording there, also doing a video recording as well. We will not be recording Humphrey on video because he's camera shy. So you can take place of Humphrey and come on by and do some nerd talk with us and tell us how the convention went. Yeah, you, yeah, he's shy. He's camera shy. He's very shy. Yeah, Humphrey's very shy. 
Very nice, but he's shy. Humphrey, thanks for being on the show and tolerating me and putting up with me. You're you're a very good friend. Thank you, Ryan. All right, and thank you, Nasty Nate. We look forward to uh, talking to you next time. Absolutely, man. Thanks again. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archived podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.